My name is Isabella Johnston, the Intern Whisperer, and it's brought to you by Employers for Change. Be sure to download and listen to our weekly tips of the week and our podcast on your favorite streaming channel. Today's tip of the week is about cultural intelligence. It can best be understood as the capability to relate and work effectively across different cultures. This is different from seeing race, ethnicity, and the other variables that we look at when we see people. These differential intelligence can be understood as the capability to relate and work effectively across different cultures. These different cultures can be based along geographic or ethnic cultural lines, or even different company cultures, though this is often heavily influenced by the former. It is really all about seeing, hearing, and accepting people where they are in life. Why is this role of a leader and culture in organizations important? It's because it actually helps to create a harmonious, collaborative, and trustworthy workplace. Welcome to the Intern Whisper. The show is all about the future of work and innovation. So I am so excited to have Mona Lou here. I know that she has a longer name and I have never asked you how to pronounce it. So you're going to teach it to me, but give me a shot. Mona Lou Cherikow. Excellent. Oh my Excellent. Cherikowi. Just like, just like it, it is. Yes. Thank you. Anyway, I'm so glad to have Mona Lou Chikawi, the founder of Mona Lou International and Global Women of Impact. We're going to talk about that. And she's also in the real estate industry. So you guys are going to hear so much cool stuff about her today. She is also a speaker. She's a consultant. She's a coach. And she helps empower leaders and organizations with cross-cultural strategies and solutions to overcome barriers and complexities and thrive in a global business arena. Straight from your website. I absolutely love it. It couldn't be any better as a way to introduce you. Thank you so much, Isabella. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited because before we started recording, we've been trying to have like an in-person conversation and I went, this is great. I actually get to have an hour of uninterrupted time with you. So I'm so thankful. Absolutely. And we will have a wonderful time. Hopefully you listeners will benefit and learn something new today. Oh, they always learn from all of the guests I have. I have the most phenomenal guests. So this is no different. It's going to be great. So our show is always about education, innovation, and the future of industries and jobs. And I kick off the show so that our listeners can find out you know, a little bit more about you that they may not have been able to glean. So what are five words that would describe you and why those five words? Well, the five words that I chose are <laughs> honesty. I'm honest. I am frank. Mm. I am caring. A heart of a servant, of course, courageous and spontaneous. These are qualities that describes someone with a vision and someone who wants to do good things in this world. Mm. So what's the difference between being honest and frank? Let's start with those two. Well, honest, you have to be honest with yourself first before you can be honest with others, right? And mm -hmm. that takes a process. Frank is knowing that you're honest and you're not afraid to state it. Whatever mm -hmm. your thoughts are, you're not afraid. As long as you are respectful and mindful of who you're dealing with and your surroundings as well. Mm, I like that because they are so close together, but they do mm -hmm. complement each other. Mm -hmm. And there, you mentioned courageous, and I can see how that would tie right into this word, these first two words also. So Absolutely too. Courageous in a sense that at 21, I was born and raised in Morocco was born in conservative family, traditional family, father and mother, mother who stayed home raising kids and father who worked. And I lost my father when I was 14 years old and that left a huge impact on me. At 21, now being having a single mother at that time, brothers and one sister, obviously after my 
father passed away, the authority goes to my brothers and also my mother who consulted with my brothers. So I had such a passion for the English language. Obviously in Morocco, we, as a second language, everybody speaks French. So back then, English was not the norm, was not the language spoken daily as far as business language. And I had so much love for the United States and what it stood for as far as freedom, justice, liberty, all the good stuff that I saw on television, okay? And uh, I do remember little little house in the prairie, and I loved the way they lived. I I watched Dallas. I watched Miami Vice. All of that I watched it when I was in Morocco because of that love that I had for the United States and the English language. I told my family and my mother that I wanted to learn English. So she worked really hard, really hard day and night to be able to afford my my tuition that she had to pay every single month to the American Language Center. So one day, my instructor, who was from Chicago, very nice person, David, I still remember his name. One day he told me, you know, I like the way you speak English. Why don't you go ahead and try for cultural exchange student? Oh, what is that? So he gave me the information, registered, took the first test. I passed the second test. I passed. Here I was called for an interview. And all of a sudden, I received a letter saying, we want you in the United States on the 11th of December, 1990. So at 21 back then, 21, just turned 21. I said goodbye to my family, came to environment that is different, culture different, language different. I left my comfort zone and came here. So to do that and say, this is what I want is courageous. And to go through the process that I've been through being alone, a female in a foreign territory, trying to figure out what is this new world around me? This is completely different than what I saw on television. Really? Absolutely different. And the first thing that I, I remember, I met a good looking man back then. And he started talking to me and he said, where are you from? And I said, Morocco. And the first thing he said, where the hell is that? So the way he answered first of all, was shocking to me because we just, we have different culture. We don't respond to people that way. We mm -hmm. have to be very polite. That's number one, the tone, the sounding and using the word, what the hell? That was so disrespectful to me as person. Okay. It just minimizes you, shrinks, shrinks you to this little and you're, you're thinking, oh my God, I have history. I have civilization. I come from a, a long, a long, big, huge civilization, all that. And this person is telling me where the hell is that? There is a problem. So right there, I realized that in the United States, there are a lot of people who are uncultured, mm -hmm. don't know about the world, but I didn't know why. But then after that, I start learning, well, there is a reason why. The, the country is huge as a continent and people are too busy to learn about others and mm. they don't travel because of the <clears throat> system, the system itself that pushes you and forces you to be working, 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 working and never take time for yourself, for your family, for travel, for discovery, for understanding and just the way the culture is. Mm. So... That my journey start that. So th th that's that's why I had to explain why I said courageous, because to be here alone is courageous. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, totally. You said spontaneous. So why spontaneous also? Spontaneous is I wake up without a plan and just execute. I like to do things not structured. And this is part of the culture I belong to. Again, we always revert back to the roots, regardless of how Americanized we are. And I am, I am definitely from a, a culture as far as category. And I have this for your viewers. So this is what I talk about and everything. There's a, a pyramid here, and I'm not sure if they see it, 
But on top, on top here, on top the red one, these are the multi-active cultures in their set of countries, a lot of them. They're known by their emotional side, they're volatile, and they're spontaneous, they're warm, they're talkative, they're friendly, all of that. So spontaneous, I don't like rules. I don't like structure. I don't even like walls around me. I want open space where I can think clearly. I have an office, but I hardly go to it. I spend years in office around rooms and walls, and I never like that. It just limits my imagination. Mm. I just like to be out there thinking and acting on my ideas. I... If you were in the studio, you would know there's a big window here and everybody that walks by just explaining like, why am I waiting? Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. So it's usually the professors or some of the people that use this studio. Yeah. So they're, they're waiting. They're being friendly. Anyway. Yeah. So you must have a house that's got more windows than anything that yes. gives the presence of like being outside. Yes. Yes. I one day you will come to my house and you will see it is open space, a lot of windows and nature around me. Yeah. That's very peaceful too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So let's see. I think we got, oh, caring. Caring was your last word. I care. I care too. Sometimes I care too much for people. I care about our world. Yeah. I care about what's going around me. I care about myself, my family. I care about people who are dearest to me. And I always wish, always I pray and and, uh, and wish them well, everybody around me, because we are in the same boat. We have to really be careful of what we do and what we wish for, because we are all inside that boat that needs to have a good navigation to take us to a safe shores mm -hmm. so caring for whoever is around you is ex extremely important mm. very much so well thank you for sharing those words that always has significant significance and it helps my listeners to be able to better understand who the guest is mm -hmm. and feel a little bit closer so the question that we go to next then is what's your educational background how did you get started what was your first job how did you get to where you are now well my first job was at disney as a cultural exchange student and after that i i automatically went to hospitality business and after that while I was going to college and I every time I transitioned to a different position of better opportunities and because of my work ethics I was always promoted except for the time when I was fired which obviously we will discuss that and as I got up the ladder and climbed the ladder as they say I realized that I had so many skills that can be transferred into something bigger, bigger as far as for myself, for what I thrive and strive for, and for people around me, that is my family. And I was always top producer because I was in sales environment. And when I realized it was, it was just stressful. And because I had higher numbers every month, I had to beat those numbers my own numbers, I had to beat them all the time. So you're talking about 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. work to meet my goals. But because I was that type of person, ethical as far as the sense of delivering to the people who entrusted me with whatever they gave me, I had to deliver. It got to the point where I started to have heart, heart attacks and it didn't look pretty. And then I said, I was in a good financial position where I said, wait a minute, I am delivering all these results and I'm top producer. I'm winning awards and awards and awards, but then I have no life. Yeah. I didn't see my, my daughter 
My daughter, I had to take her to my mother thousands of miles away from me to take care of her because I didn't have time to take care of her. My husband also, I didn't see him. So that really put a pressure on our marriage relationship. So I had to take a decision, either the numbers and the money or do something that can have a balance between what I am as wife, a mother, and also a professional person. So I opened my first business. It was a, a mortgage brokerage business where we used to finance luxury real estate. Um, I had a, I hired 11 loan officers. We did well for some times and I sold it to another company to transition to real estate. So real estate came had the business. I still hold it. We had, a, we opened the property management and I sold the property management in 2018. We were catering to foreign nationals and corporate por portfolio. So in 2020, with all that happened in the United States and the turmoil and division, I said to myself, you know, something has to be done. These people are just not getting it, are just not getting it. It's all about culture. You have to understand the others. People don't get up one day and say, I am going to hate you. I'm going to hate you. I'm going to do harm to you. People don't do that. People wake up meaning well. But if the culture is not well understood, then we have a problem. What is but what is culture? And, and for me, as someone that works with international people, and I'm so passionate about culture, intelligence, culture is is. Cultural behavior is not something that is born today or yesterday. It's not something willy-nilly or whimsical. It is the end of thousands of years of collective wisdom, filtered and given to us, passed down through generations, a lot of generations, and translated into hardened core beliefs, values, notions, and action. So these things are predictable and we can study them. So I said, hmm. And then on top of that, I was in Toastmaster. I Great. earned my distinct, distinguished Toastmaster. So that is the highest level of public speaking and leadership. And people started telling me, and I started giving presentation on cultural intelligence, how you negotiate with other culture based on my real estate business, how you communi communicate with different people. And they said, you know what? You need to have consultancy and coaching and speaking business on this because we lack this information. So started, it, I mean, obviously real estate starting to decline because COVID came, we had contracts. I was in Turkey prior to that year, brought tons of contracts during a show that I went there specifically for that. And all of a sudden I have tons of contracts and I'm all happy and excited. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. COVID came, everything canceled. Because all these foreign nationals, they could not come in anymore. They could not travel panic and no one wanted to take a step forward to invest into a territory which obviously they don't know whether they will be able to come to visit to check so everything got canceled so i said you know what things happen for a reason this is a time where i need to sit down and start putting my programs to benefit my local and obviously national international audience and that's when i started working on cultural intelligence programs and i mean obviously you try when you start something you try on so many things but then you find out okay this is what i want to do that is communication negotiation and generational cultural gap in the workplace and of course expat and all that training so i had to find a model because there are so many models out there that are really good models but i wanted something practical and easy to understand for me to convey the message in a way that anyone 
out there, the public, the general public can understand without any complication. So I came across uh, the Lewis model out of England and I was actually in England earlier this year and I received my certification and actually my license to be able to use the model. And I find it extremely practical. It maps, it maps up if you see the maps out the world based on their cultural DNA and differences, national cultural profile. But also when I speak, because we have to be conscious, you don't have to travel outside to be using cultural intelligence. You can use it right here at home because the United States, the United States is a process of immigration. Some people came here earlier than others and people are still coming in. So when you go back to the roots, you are going to find Florida has something that is different from California. Then, then you ask yourself, why do I have that? Why do we have that? Well, hold on. The majority of people came from this part of the world who are known by, and I'll tell you right now, and these are called linear active Linear, linear, whatever you want to call it. Linear actives. Linear actives are cool method. They use methodology and they are planners. And for you, when you sent me the invitation, I I absolutely realized that you are right there. Linear active. And I'm not going to ask about your background, whatever, but I know a lot more about you than you may know about yourself. So to deal with you, I have to understand what category do you belong to, to have the best conversation, to connect with you, to negotiate with you, to understand, to understand, to understand time value and status, how it goes. There's so many things involved. And if we don't understand this in today's world, trust me, we will drown because the world is shrinking with all the wars. The world is changing as far as leadership, as a hegemon. We had the United States for some time, but now there are several countries competing for that role. What's mm -hmm. going to happen? We have to be aware of this to shift our behavior, our thinking, and shift it in a way that is globally congruent with whatever we see today in the, in the world. So how could people learn or even just sign up to, to learn more about this model? Because I can tell this is super important. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like, are you running workshops in this? How do, well, what if they uh, want to become certified? Like how we can, can certify them? We can certify them. You just have to contact me, Mona at monalu.net. Just send me or Mona at monalu.net and we can definitely certify them. We go out to businesses and, and speak about this. And obviously they, they, they have to take assessment to know where they are because here's, here's the problem. Here's a problem that I, I will share a story with you. I was called two months ago, two and a half months ago. I was called out of, the lady was out of Idaho. I remember out of Idaho and she said I was referred to you by so so okay what is the issue we have a problem at the workplace okay what is the problem describe it I said she said we have a manager who is so good at what he does we cannot do without him however we have a large and huge turnover people are quitting and they didn't understand why and they realized at one point is what what is going on? People are quitting and good talents are quitting. And I said, okay, well, describe the problem. I tell what is it that you have a problem with? Well, he's, he's just this. I don't want to say it. Just But she gave me several issues that have to do with cultural intelligence, with his roots, where he came from. And after, when she started talking to me, the behavior, I said, let me guess, he's from this side of the world. She hmm. said, yes, how did you know? Well, I know because that's the behavior. And because he doesn't know, he does not know the people who, he, who he's leading or managing, of course, there will be always that friction because no one is understanding who is what and who does what and how they do it. So 
at that time, you have to take an assessment to tell people, this is where you stand. This is where your team stands. Okay, how can we work together? That's how we bring them together to understand their style based on their cultural DNA and cultural profile to help them collaborate more for better results. And that's how it works when it comes to coaching team and leaders. Hmm. I really hope that's something that you're going to facilitate in the the new organization that you've started. We yes. haven't even touched on that, but I am so thrilled to learn more about this and really be able to help, I don't know, be one of your like evangelists, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> and one thing I want to, I want to add Isabella is a lot of time when I ask Americans and whatever Americans means these days, but when I ask Americans, do you know, what is your culture? Believe it or not, they don't know. Yeah. They I don't know. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one. And someone one day in one of my seminars, he, and he was from, he was somewhere from Africa. He was student, a PhD student. And he said, Mona, I got a question for you. How do I know when Americans lie to me? Mm. I said, what does that mean? Well, he said, because they're always, hi, sweetie. Hi, honey. Oh, oh love you. He said, all these are thrown and and obviously, this is part of the American culture and part of the American dialogue every day. People are not, people from other countries are not used to that. And when I was in Europe, everybody that I that I spoke with, they told me, oh my gosh, those Americans are just, just faking everything and just exaggerating everything. And, and, and that's the notion people have, but they don't understand the culture. And Americans are not conscious of their culture and how they need to behave with other people who are not familiar with their way of life. Because obviously the, 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 the student thought that people were lying to him. He mm -hmm. said, when, 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 do, when do I know that Americans are telling me the truth? They're really telling me the truth, what they feel. I mean, you know how, how we are with giving feedback is a sandwich method. You say, okay, great job and all that. I loved your presentation. I love that, that. This is what you can be doing better. But at the end, again, there is this, that, that sandwich method. Oh, wonderful. Uh, we look for a, a positive and all that stuff. People with from other cultures don't have that method. And that that is the point I want to make today about leadership, uh -huh. Okay. I mentioned before the, the the world is flat. A book by Thomas Friedman, and I, I, I definitely recommend people to read it. But there's one thing about leadership, and I wrote a note down here to make sure that I mention it. It is based the one the one we receive every single day. It operates based on Western values, right? And it's called androcentric framework. But the note that I put in here, and it focuses on the individual as a leader, meaning the skills, the qualities, the traits, the style. And I will tell you right now that this method of leadership is inadequate. Why? Because it's, it's looking at leadership from one lens, and this one lens, you cannot apply it universally mm -hmm. because obviously we have different cultures and different ways of leadership throughout the world that are not compatible with the American way of doing things. So, yes, we do export the American culture everywhere. Just this is part of being an hegemon in the world and being a force to reckon with. But is that serving us any good? No, it does not. And for anyone that I understand, because you asked me about, about my, my, my education, I hold a master's in political analysis on international relations, meaning that I have a, a good level of knowledge in international politics, international economy, geopolitics, wars, conflicts, famines, how conflicts arise, religions of the world, 
what moves people, what what really scares people, what motivates people, all of that is so important. So I know we're talking about a whole lot, but but I'm just wanted to. But it does. It, it ties into it. The reason why I believe people go to college is so that they can get exposed to information that they didn't get when they were in high school here in the United States. We call it high school. And, you know, other countries, it's different. So I really feel like the ability to to go to college is, sadly, it's probably going to be a four-year college. It's going to become a privilege because more people will be going for certificates, faster, quicker ways mm -hmm. to obtain knowledge, but you don't have the worldview that you would get in those shorter programs that you would get in a four-year program. So there's that's part of the growing up process and being able to know it is not all about you. It is about others and we are here to serve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one thing I'm so glad you said that, number one, obviously education will be privileged because of the cost the costs involved. A lot of people cannot afford the cost of college degrees nowadays. But at the same time, these colleges, with all respect, with all respect to every single, single one of them, and I attended local university here, what I noticed that during my four-year degree, before I went to my graduate school, during the four-year degree, and within the political analysis or political science, you can get easily, easily brainwashed or skewed to different path that is not the real truth. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do I mean by that? Well, in the United States, I noticed that education is given from Western point of view and the victors of World War II, those are the ones who wrote history that we know of today. But what happened after, before then? There are a lot of civilization that contributed to the betterment of humanity. We don't hear about those. But what we, at least in my case, the books, the books that were assigned to us, some of them I read and I said, this is not correct. Oh, this is absolutely not correct. How do people know if they're not exposed to different views, different education system, different, all of that? They wouldn't know. They would think that whatever they're reading is correct mm -hmm. and will, will obviously act upon that knowledge that may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's dangerous. So I'll give you this as an insight. I have traveled, not, I can't say extensively, but I've been to, I don't know, probably about 14, 15 countries, oh, I think wow. that's a lot, but there's, there's, I think 200 that you could go to. Anyway, when I went to Switzerland, one of the biggest things that truly impressed me is I was able to have conversations with different students at the time. And I was a, I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. I asked them about what it was like to, I was teaching in high school. Mm -hmm. What is it that they knew? And they actually knew more about American literature than most Americans yes. do. And they were so well-read. They were so well, they were so, yeah, well-read that they could have very intelligent conversations yes. at a different level. And I went, I can't even get my high school kids to know this. So it was really sad. I know when I was growing up, I I learned a lot in elementary school, even about World War II. Mm -hmm. And while it was ugly and it was painful and all of that, I grew up in the Midwest. They mm -hmm. didn't they didn't hold that back. Our mm -hmm. courses were things that were built around having skills, being able to, you know, prepare food for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sewing you know, fixing mechanics and then also woodworking. There was all of these different courses that were there. And I feel like that is the education that we do need. We need to know how to do things with our hands, with our minds, to be able to know more about people in the world. It is not this. This is a wonderful country. But every time I came back from a country, I would go, we have so much here. We don't appreciate it. Yes. 
Not yes. at all. Not yes. Americans do not. They take it for granted. I, I would agree with the conversation that you had opened with about the young man that had said, why will they tell the truth? Yes, there is this overinflated, I don't know why it has to be that way, but it always makes in this country, when I look at social feeds, I go, I don't even want to look at it because it makes me feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. There's always this place of making it look like we have more than what we have when maybe we all shouldn't be sharing all of those things. It doesn't add to the. Well, well, we, well, the question, yeah, I, I, and I appreciate you saying this. What are we creating? Yeah, exactly. What are we creating? Exactly. I mean, that, 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 that alone is a whole day conversation because what we see happening, we have to be conscious mm -hmm. and aware of the pros and cons and when to use it, where, when not to use it when to stay away, when to participate, mm -hmm. and when to say, nope, this is not for me. I mean, this is a, this is part of culture. This is part of culture. And we just have to be out there and speaking about it and educating. There is a lot of hurt. There is a lot of kids who are suiciding, committing suicide yes. because of the pressure of their environment. Why? Why do we need to have that? Why? We yeah. got to ask ourselves. And the problem that we have here, sometimes we feel we're not even allowed to ask questions. That is so we, true. We just go with the flow and we follow the rhetoric. And if, if you deviate or you state your thought, you can be canceled. Mm -hmm. And that is very, very, very disturbing. Mm -hmm. So we got to ask ourselves, what, what is it that we're creating? Yeah. I have always enjoyed having exchange students live with me. I love working with internationals. It, I, I'm not afraid to ask the questions that, oh, well, we hear this. You know, in your country, you do this. Is that true? I've, I've gone and worked with even locally adults that, were from Germany mm -hmm. and they wanted to learn more about culture. So I was facilitating those conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And one of my questions to them was, so in our country, you know, let's talk about Hitler. They all looked at each other, the, all four of them. And they said, okay, because I had established trust. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. Question. So I asked my question about, you know, how how do Germans see this? And they hesitated to answer the question, but they did. And I really respect it immensely. They said, there's this perception that people all over the world have about us. And that's not who we are. That's mm -hmm. That was this moment in time. And it was wrong. And we have paid reparations for this. We have given so much money out to the people that were the families that lost mm -hmm. their own you know, parents and grandparents and kids. At some point in time, we hope we can get beyond it because people wouldn't put their flags up or anything to show their patriotism. So when it was the Olympics, they actually put flags up because Germany was doing well and they were so proud to oh, be able wow. to share something. And that was, that was, I mean, I had tears because just hearing that, you know, and it took a lot of courage for them to share that, you yeah. know, and I won't say names or anything like that, but yes, yeah, of course. But I feel like every country has an ugly side to it, and every country has something that's just so amazing about them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if we if we just saw people for who they are on the inside, mm -hmm. right? You know, they they're smart, and they care passionately. Even the worst people in the world, you know, murderers, and you know, put all of those people there yeah. in that one place, they still care about something and they've been hurt so tremendously or they're so mentally ill, but it doesn't mean that they don't feel and they don't care. I know yeah. we've gone way off of subject here. But it, <laughs> it, it, we it, need to get back to the subject. <laughs> yeah, it, it still relates to having cultural intelligence because, and this is where I'm going to bring it back. You know, if you, if a person gets outside of themselves and realizes I'm talking with another human, what is it that matters to them? 
You can learn about all of the things, the wonderful foods they eat, the weird foods that they eat. You can learn about their customs and, and, you know, why they pray five times a day and what a if a dog licks them, what does that mean, you know, for somebody that's a Muslim? And the, all of these things matter so that we can just realize that we're all humans and we all yes. want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We want to be accepted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we we got to check our biases. We have to check our assumptions. We have to check our way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Is it... it, it Okay, seriously, we, 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 sometimes I, I tell people, you just like you go and check yourself every three months, whatever, six months, and see that your doctor, you really got to sit down with yourself and analyze yourself. Who are you? Mm-hmm. What, what, what motivates you? What scares you? What are you afraid of? Mm. How do you see the world? Why do you see it that way? I mean, sometimes, Sometimes, especially here in the United States, because of the fast pace, because of people, the way it is, you have to work. There's no way about it. You have to work to deliver. You have to work to live. You have to pay bills and all that. People are so consumed in that lifestyle Mm -hmm. that they don't sit and ask questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is extremely awful. That is extremely, I'm good. Okay. That is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So if you have time to ask questions, you'll find a lot of answers for your ills and for whatever, whatever that's bothering you, whatever that's stopping you from growing. Mm. That's really good stuff. We have to take a break to acknowledge the sponsor. We're going to be coming Transcend Network and we're going to be coming right back. Transcend Network helps early stage startup founders find product market fit through weekly experiments, receive fundraising support, and build a global founder investor network for edtech and the future of work technologies. The Intern Whisperer is affiliated with Employers for Change and we thank Transcend Network for being a sponsor of our show. We've been having the most energizing cerebral conversation. I have loved this so much. Oh my gosh. You can't, it's so hard to believe that, you know, 45 minutes has gone by. Oh my, oh my. And we have not even touched on a lot of things that I wanted to share with you. So let's talk about the, the new organization that you've started also. Let's talk about that Mm -hmm. so we can get that one taken care of. Global Women of Impact. What is that? What prompted you to start it? Oh, wow. Global Women of Impact. I, as you can tell, I'm passionate about cultural intelligence, cultural diversity, because cultural diversity really, it what's, what makes us different. I mean, there diversity is everywhere. Diversity, there is, di- if you look at my face, there's diversity. The, this eye does not look like this eye. Okay, we have maybe here, here, that's not here. There's so so much diversity in within every and each one of us. So that with that being said, when I go to or when I went to organization, I paid membership thinking, okay, this is the right organization for me. This is where, and every time I do that, I went the first time, the second time, or maybe maximum third time. And I don't go back because the environment is not so much what I looked for. And I don't see the diverse diversity I'm looking for. Meaning without mentioning any, any organization, we have one that is called based on their ethnicity, another one based on their skin color, another one based on their sexual orientation, another one based on whatever it is. And every time I, I, I go there or went in there, I felt they ran, they ran as a cult, meaning there is a preference who gets to be seen who gets to be heard, who gets to be acknowledged. And I despise that. I believe in equality. There are so many amazing, amazing talents out there, but they never have the opportunity to be upfront. 
They don't have that. So I said to myself, you know, I want to create that environment for women. And obviously, women with the feminine energy, some of us have masculine, masculine energy as well, but let's focus about the feminine energy, which is love, cooperation, care, and all of that. We want to create that sanctuary environment for women coming from all different backgrounds, meaning they have different beliefs, they have different languages, they have variation on skin tone. You have, I want a place where anyone coming, whether you're coming from Zambia, Lithuania, Miramar, you will feel right at home because no one is going to make fun of your accent no one is going to tell you, why do you believe that? No one is going to question any of that. Everyone is expected to respect who you are and push you to be a better version of yourself. That is the support environment we are creating. And we are creating it because we are the majority. A lot of us, a lot of us come from different part of the world. This is our home. We're not going anywhere, but we are bringing our baggage, baggage meaning culture, languages, belief, customs, all of that, that makes what the United States is and ought to be shared, ought to be celebrated, ought to be respected. And you know what? When it comes to, I told them, I don't want to be the president because I really care less about holding that position. I am the vision. I'm the founder and I am the vision holder. Meaning, what is what does that mean? It means that I keep everything in check. When someone goes out of line, disrespects anyone or does not think that person does not deserve opportunity or any of that nonsense happening in so many organizations, I will come in and tell you, hold, 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 hold. This is, this is our culture. This is what we're based on. Respect, care, and support. Enhancing who we are. I, I, and I don't like to use empower because as people, we're already empowered. We, we don't need any more empowerment. What we need is enhancement to live our best life. What we need is strengthen our belief system that we can be whoever we want to be we can do great things even if we are just ordinary people yeah that's a better world right yeah that's that's my vision of a better world and the quote that i would use here i have a dream and yeah. my dream is to live in a world where everyone is respected understood and given the chance to be heard it's that simple can we provide it yes we can if we really check our assumption biases and egos mm -hmm. i love that yeah i can get behind that i share that <laughs> and that's why you have so many people in the whatsapp group right now oh my gosh we have not even put in the people that we have we have still a list we haven't gotten gotten to it <laughs> yeah there's like every day there's like so many that come into it but that just should really speak to you i'm i'm sure it does volumes of how many women care about that same mission and vision right yes yes i mean at the end of the day, really, all we want is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's all we want is an opportunity. What is that opportunity then? Opportunity for what I just stated. Opportunity to be seen, be heard, be understood, be respected, and given the same level of whatever it is that's given to one person is given to another, not because you are the son of this, you have, you hold this position in the government, you hold this whatever. No, we are all equally qualified to do a fantastic job in making our world a better place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it.
And also, I mean, imagine how many cultures, how much can we learn about each other's culture? Just that alone is richness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's just take a brief little moment because I want to go back to like just a few of your thoughts about the future. What do you think it's going to look like? So what would that possibly be? And I know we've been weaving that into the conversation. You've Mm. done that so skillfully. I want to thank you for that too. But let's talk about remote work and and blended and on-site. What do you think it's going to be like in 2030? 2030. 2030 will be here before we know it mm-hmm. technology is running faster than we can are we the question will be are we able are we will we be able to catch up or not mm-hmm. well okay that's why we are seeing in sweden and even in spain now in sweden people are going voluntarily to put a chip in their hand or their brain to make sure yeah they go volunteer i mean you're talking about over if i'm not mistaken of our six thousand volunteers that just went there and and put chips on on themselves to be to be running as fast as a computer to have everything done for them without them thinking so the question becomes are we are we trying to advance in a way that's going to benefit us or are we eradicating the human elements mm-hmm. in us so how far can we go with this technology that's the question now that's one part the other part the remote if we don't have any viruses or we don't have anything i don't i don't see why people should not be going to work but again is an option. There's got to be an option for people if they choose to work remotely. We just have to be careful. What is that doing to their mental fitness? What is that affecting their emotional wellness? How is that affecting their physical wellness as well? Because as a human being, we are meant to be moving to stay healthy. Is remote sitting at home in front of the computer all day, is that doing us a favor or is this harming us? That's These are assessments we have to, to take. Yeah. Ask ourselves those questions because what concerns me is that when we put ourselves in this remote work and we don't come together, we're meant for relationship and relationship mm-hmm. is about being in person also. So it's, we need that. We have Everything is experiential and we have all of these five senses and we need to use those five senses because they help reinforce what it is it's like to have relationship with yeah. And if we stay in those little silos, then we don't have the communication skills. We mm-hmm. don't have the empathy that's needed to you know, really sit here and go, oh my gosh, that was really awful. Mm-hmm. Somebody a hug or a hug for joy, right? Mm-hmm. So those skills are vital to to maintain so hybrid i can get behind you know and i can understand yeah. flexibility and i just want to tell you thank you for allowing me to be a part of this conversation uh-huh. normally i i let the guests be the spotlight but you've been so kind to let me be a part oh. of the conversation well, that's that's part of uh, for our human relations. We yeah. just talked about that. We need. I mean, this is not a, a monologue. This is a dialogue, and both yeah. of us have to be heard. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts with you. Oh, thanks. This has been great. I can't wait until we have like some kind of a panel discussion also with the the group of women that we've got. This is going to be great when we have our first event. Yeah. Like we can apply to be speakers, right? So absolutely. Our our big event for the year is October so far, October 7th. It's I Love Me event. It's all about us women. And we are we are going to be working on that during our next meeting, which will be the third, I believe, either the second or third of, of June. That's where we're gonna have our big monthly gathering. Our board meeting will be on the 22nd of May. This is where we put in 
all things into perspective. That way we can show ourselves to the world as here we are. Yeah. We embrace everyone. Come on in to join the movement. Yeah. Just so you know, my birthday is the 8th. So I'm going to love that conference for sure because it'll be oh a new birthday. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> And if if we start the meetings earlier, I can probably participate when we have them on Saturdays a bit more than I have been able to. So that's good news. Just yeah. so our listeners know, how can they find Global Women of Impact? Where can they find it? Is the website ready? You know, what how can we direct people there? Well, we, we did we did buy the domain is www.gwoi.net. We are working on the website content. We're also working on social media, Facebook and all that. They just have to be patient with us, but we will be out there. Just remember the name, Global Women of Impact. That is very, very good. So that'll be good. And what was the website you said? Just that, Global G-W-O-I, Global Women of Impact, G-W-O-I.net. Got it. That's good to know. What is a quote that you would want, not a quote, what is the best mentoring advice that you would want our listeners to remember? And our listeners are pretty broad. It's global, just so you know. Okay. Uh, most popular in the Ukraine as it relates. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. What, you know, it's it's really got a lot of following there. And I know one person and she's not in the Ukraine, So, but she's Ukrainian. Anyway, oh, wow. so we've got that. And then- it's anywhere from 23 to 65 plus, a little bit heavier on the male side and all oh, wow. industries. So, so when you are sharing this advice, I wanted to give you a snapshot as to what that person would look like. Well, this is, I would, I would share what I go by. I have an open mind mm -hmm. and ask a lot of questions. Don't take things at face value and be coachable meaning that you do not know it all. Mm. There's always someone you can learn from, someone with a, more knowledge, more experience, more wisdom, more, more reach. Just be open. The ego cannot exist mm -hmm. if we want to reach that state. And just say this, I am here for a short period of time. And that time... I am not the one to define when that time will end. What do I want to do with my time here? Mm -hmm. Ask that question. And if you find, if you define your purpose and you find an organization that aligns with your purpose, with your goals, with your values, by all means, join and contribute. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. How can people find you? <laughs> Either LinkedIn, Mona Lu Sherkawi, or Mona at MonaLu.net, or Mona at WorldProGroup.net. I okay. did get the MonaLu.net website. That's okay. I do have your LinkedIn profile. Okay. I have your World Properties Group website. So I'm pretty sure they'll be able to find you in any of those ways. Yes. Yes, and I'll be happy to speak with anyone and facilitate any type of workshop, certify people, get the knowledge out. Because every knowledge that makes us better is worth spreading. Yeah, it is. And we all need that. You know, all of us, we always need to remember it is not about us. It is about those we serve. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yourself, you have a a heart of a servant. And I appreciate you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, it is the dissertation topic. Honestly, it's the servant leadership, servant leadership and the impact on employee retention. Wow. Servant leader absolutely will always have longer employees that stay longer and are more vested in that organization because they really invest into the people and that mm -hmm. relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mona, this has been delightful. I want to thank you so, so very much. Thank you. I am so grateful for the opportunity. Really, I appreciate you asking me to be on the show. 
Oh, and just so you know, this show airs on June 27th. So All that right. drop and it's always a Tuesday at eight o'clock in the morning. So our okay. listeners, they'll be hearing me say that on that day that it actually drops. All right. Wonderful. I look forward to reliving it again. <laughs> That's very good. You take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to our sponsor, Cat5 Studios, and thank you to our production team, producer and editor of the music by Sophie Lloyd. Visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future of work. Thank you for supporting The Intern Whisperer by subscribing to us on Podbean or our Employers for Change YouTube channel or streaming from your favorite podcast channel.